It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Music Link with Kimmy Diamond content brought to you by Music Arena. And this is your host, Kimmy Diamond. Okay, I'm super excited, all right, because we have a special guest here, okay? A special guest, a hip-hop pioneer, especially out here on the West Coast, one of my hometown heroes, okay? All right, this is going to be a good one, okay? I welcome you guys and reintroduce you guys to... The legendary Ice T. Now, what's up? okay, what's up, Kimmy? What's up, How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I cannot complain. I'm all right if I'm upright, you know, and I'm doing. I'm happy. I'm, you know, life is rough out here, but you know, if we, if you're breathing, you should be grateful. Facts. True. True. Now, to all the people that's listening and tuning in. Y'all got to understand that I got to reintroduce, of course, to the new generation. You know, I'm from an era where CD sales was going down to where music is a little bit more accessible on devices and other places, you know. But you came from an era where CDs and tapes, okay, the cassette tapes in the car. Yeah, you came around that time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So... To everybody, to the new hip-hop heads and stuff like that, and everybody that's in that realm, Ice-T is definitely one of those rappers and legends that y'all should definitely tune into because he served a huge purpose to the hip-hop scene, especially out here at on the West, okay? So, first things first, we're going to start with the hip-hop capsule. Now, hip-hop capsule, we're going to dig into his work, in the previous years back then, got to start off with the first one. Ryan Page, 1987. Woo, jeez. Okay. Got singles, six in the morning, make it funky, and somebody's got to do it. And it's R-I-A-A certified gold. Okay. So, Mr. T, Ice-T, can you describe yeah. the significance of Ryan Pace, this album cover, Legendary? Well, you know, Ryan Pace was the first, I was like the first rapper signed to a major label. And I was signed mm. to Sire Warner. I was signed to Sire Warner Brothers in uh, 
I had I had street success with six in the morning, and uh, I went to New mm-hmm. York City, and uh, got with Africa Islam, DJ Africa Islam, who really helped lace me into the hip hop scene because there was no West Coast hip hop scene, so you kind of had mm-hmm. to get a little love from New York to get through that door, and so by having him produce, it gave me that juice. Similarly, we way Cube went out there and had the Bomb Squad produce his first album. Um, this is the way it's a lot of us had to get entry into hip hop. But the album Rhyme Pays is just a play on the word crime pays. You know, um, <laughs> I was uh, pretty active in the streets. I wasn't no gang member, but I was out there, you know, breaking the law, getting money, hustling. And uh, mm-hmm. rap came along and kind of saved my life. It gave me another direction, another focus, something I could do and duck that penitentiary because too many of my friends were getting stuck. So when I did the album, you know, I said, Ryan pays, you know what I'm saying? I'm actually getting money legit. So the album cover had to be California. So you got me in the Porsche, you got the girl in the bathing suit, you know, my girl at the time, Darlene, we had a palm tree strategic. So that, there was no mistake that I was a West Coast rapper. That was the intention of that album cover that it said everything about the West Coast, the sun, the car, the girl, and that palm tree in one picture. So that's what the intention of the album cover was. Oh my goodness, yes. And it's very legendary. I remember seeing this cover at middle school and playing six in the morning in middle school, especially in my room, cause you know, my mom didn't want me to hear that, but you know. <laughs> But yeah, so, okay, the second question I got for you is, what's your most memorable event from this album? Was it the studio sessions, the promo run, anything in that significance? Um, you know, that album, I only got $40,000 to make it. Um, I spent mm. most of that money on equipment, uh, you know, and um I recorded that album and I mixed that whole album in one night in the studio with no automation. People nowadays, you go in the studio, all the lights go out automatically. At this time, we had to do everything by hand. We had to reach over and touch the buttons and it was a lot of work, but we knocked that album out and uh, with a $40,000 budget to get an album to go gold, and though I think now it's about 800,000, 900,000 records, that was a big profit. We made a lot of money Ooh. because I didn't get up front. There was no video for this album. And, um, you know, I think I think really the biggest part of it was really seeing the results of the record and how much money it made. It was pretty exciting yeah. at that time. And earlier you said it was a moment in when you sold seven, 800,000 records, that was seven or 800,000 people that actually stopped their car, went into a record store, looked at all the other records and bought yours and then right. took it home. And nowadays you just push a button. You might not even buy the whole album. You could get a record. It's, it's a lot less commitment than back in the day. So it really meant something when you could do gold or platinum. That's a million people that actually stood in line with your tape or your CD at the time. So really big accomplishment. And for the West Coast, you got to remember this record came out two years before NWA. So this was mm-hmm. early, early. Only other person had a record out at this time was Too Short. 
True. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And everything that you said, it goes in line with the album uh, title, Rhyme Pays. And it did. Pays. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was just on the, on the, on the early, I was like this, the first person that really connected crime into hip hop music and stuff, because that's all I really had to draw on. I didn't really have any other experiences other than street experiences. And I was not really, I didn't really know if our audience would listen to that. But then mm. Six in the Morning was inspired by Schooly D from Philly who made a record called PSK. And mm -hmm. PSK, he said, it was about a gang called Parkside Killers. And once I heard that record, I'm like, that was the green light. That was like, oh, we can sing about this shit. Like, people want to hear about <laughs> this shit. And that, I, I kind of jacked Schooly D's cadence because he said, PSK, we making that green. People always say, what the hell does that mean? And everyone was yelling on records. And I said, this fly ass nigga, who is this nigga? Like, and so I did what we <laughs> And so I did six in the morning, police at my door. I came in smooth like that, which inspired Q. And then Q came in, the boys in the hood are always hard. So we was mm. all walking that same cadence and that same energy mm. and uh, kind of gave the West Coast an identity. Facts. Yeah, y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? <laughs> okay, all facts, all history. I love it. And um, the next question is, what is your assessment about the formation of Gangsta Rap? Well, early when we did, when I did Ryan Pays and I did Power, there was no name for it. So the press was trying to call it reality rap. But I'm not a gang member. So, so the thing of it was that I wasn't using the term gangster. I was the LA player at the time. You know what I'm saying? So I was mm -hmm. on some different shit. You know, I'm more of what you would call a gang affiliate. Like your dad's a gang banger, but you're not, right? But, right, right. But you're a gang affiliate. You're affiliated with the gang. So you deal with the same drama as the gang banger does not even being in the gang because you hang around them. You with them. Those are your people. Those are your family, your friends. So I went to Crenshaw High School, which Rolling Sixties, Eight Trade Gangsters, Hoover Crips, Harlem mm -hmm. Crips, right? All mm -hmm. these are my boys, right? So I'm I'm immersed in the Crip culture, but I was just smart enough not to join no set because it would like make me an enemy of the other set. So I just knew the shot callers and I I knew how to move right. and shake and keep it gangster and keep it fly. So mm -hmm. I was on some player shit. And then Cube came out and said, straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker name Ice Cube from the mm -hmm. gang, from the gang called Niggas with Attitudes. So he referred to yeah. NW as a gang. The yeah. press said, oh, this is gangster rap. You feel me? The press mm -hmm. called it gangster rap. So everybody rocked with it, right? So then mm -hmm. I came back my next album. I said, well, if this is gangster rap, I'm the original gangster, right? So that's why OG came out because I was still yeah. claiming whatever this shit is, nigga, I was the first. So fuck that. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. 
thought my music leans more toward playing and hustling than it did the gangster shit in real life. Right, right, right. And and the reason why I asked that question is, of course, you know, being from out here, from you know the West Coast, and you as Ice T, they're gonna push you in that category. So I wanted to get your assessment on that. You know, just my shit is definitely gangster rap. I mean. Anytime you solve your problems with a gun, anytime you don't use the police, you a gangster. Gangsters aren't only gangbangers. There's a drug dealers are gangsters, you know. Pimps is yeah. gangsters. Gangsterism is just basically I don't use the police and I solve the problems with the street, you know, code. Um mm -hmm. Little Kim's a gangster rapper. Tupac's a gangster rapper. Foxy Brown's a gangster rapper. Jay-Z's a gangster rapper. Wu-Tang Clan, gangster rapper. If if you talk street shit, you gangster rapping, okay? If you like Lauryn Hill or somebody and you singing something different, that's not gangster rap. But most of these chicks now, mm -hmm. Cardi B's gangster rapping. All these, you know, I'm listening to um, um, uh, 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 Nicki Minaj talking about she got pull up and smoke and she got a a ski mask. I'm like, it's gangster rap. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you was around the when it first when it first started. When it first started to expand and being in the forefront. You know what I mean? So um the next question you have is um that I have is how would you describe the partnership between you and DJ Evil E? But what happened was with me, I, I had an intention to be a DJ. I wanted to be like Uncle Jam's army. And uh, I was in the, yeah, I went into the military. I was in the military for four years. Uh, once I got out of high school, I got my girlfriend pregnant and I decided I wanted to try to do something right. So I went in the army. And in the army, that's why I got hip to hip hop. New York cats had tapes. So I came home with the idea. I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to be like Uncle Jam's army. I bought a bunch of speakers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I started tried to throw some parties. But I got more attention just rapping. You know, mm. kind of taught myself how to rap. Like I got more attention doing that. So I met Evil E and Henry G. They're from Brooklyn. They... um called the New York City Spin Masters, but they moved to California with their parents. They're Haitian. Uh, oh, wow. No, no, they're Honduran. Dear God, don't let me say that wrong. They're from Honduras. So <laughs> no, we got you. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, um, they were doing parties and like the DJs would party at four or five house parties a night because they would only spend an hour then they would move. And I started hanging with them and then I slowly started getting my name on the flyers. And that's how Ice-T started to get known around LA. Then also Uncle Jam's Army, you know, there's a big crowd of kids between the ages of 16 and 20 that couldn't get into clubs. Right. So Uncle Jam's was throwing these parties, these early basic black raves. They would do the LA sports arena where they could have 7,000 kids dancing with no acts. Just Egyptian Lover and Bobcat and 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 and, and Battlecat and all those DJs playing, and um, mm -hmm. they would let me rap. I was the only person they would let rap, and um, that's how I started getting my name buzzing out in the streets. 
Wow. That's crazy. You lived a life, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> well, so, you, have to get um, you have to get started somewhere. And, and, you know, a lot of people start when they drop their record. And a lot of other people start doing a lot of gigs before they get to make a record. So I think right. that's one of the problems with a lot of music. Now, a lot of people get signed and they've never performed. They've, they've never performed and they're on the stage cold. They, they have no idea what it's going to be like outside of that studio. Right. We've seen it all played out right as soon as they get on that stage. I definitely <laughs> agree. Yeah. So um, the, the next question I have is musically, which portion of this album prepared you for the second album? Was it the creativity, the business and music that you learned, et cetera? I think the second album is called Power. Mm -hmm. And and I really didn't realize my voice mattered. I mean, I'm rapping on the first album for me. I'm just talking my shit. But now you've got fans and I didn't know I had fans. You know, you don't you don't start off with fans. You start off with a few people. Now you got a million people, half a million people that fuck with you. And mm -hmm. that's when I was like, these words have power. That it's more than just me now. I'm singing to people. And so mm. that's what the second album was more about. You know, it's like, you know, and it had the legendary album cover, which has mm -hmm. it has three levels of power. This first power is, of course, Darlene with the gun. That's power mm -hmm. of sex. The power of sex is still one of the biggest powers on earth. Um, True. It, it you don't have it doesn't have to say anything. You just look at it and go sex. That's power. The second power is a gun. Um, mm -hmm. That's Basically, the only reason someone will have power over you is you're either afraid of them or they have something that you need. So, you know, that gun makes you afraid. And if you flip the cover over, you'll see that evil and I are hiding guns. It's the right, power, yeah. which is the power of deception, which to me can be the coldest power, the power of the person you think did it is not the person who did it. It's somebody else. And you're not even aware of what's the moves that are getting made. So that album came out. I think that album's platinum now, right? You, you seem to know. How yes, many it's platinum. Yes, yeah. it's so platinum. Whatever. Now I got momentum. All right. So now we, 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 we roll in and, and the, you know, I think, I think the first lyrics in that record, I say I'm living large as possible. Posse's unstoppable. Style topical. Vividly optical. Listen, you'll see them. Sometimes I'll be them. And that breaks down ice tea style. I'm topical, vividly optical. And if you listen, sometimes you'll see what I'm saying. And sometimes I'll actually be the character and I'll rap from their perspective. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Right. And that's what I took from from this album too as well. And you also had singles, I'm your pusher and high rollers. And before we get to a segment called Bar Time, where we talk about certain bars from this album and from the singles that you mentioned, um, that, that I mentioned on the album, uh, I love how 
the two videos, I'm your pusher and high rollers, it had, it showed a different meaning. Like I'm your pusher. You was pushing CDs and music and not drugs. You know what I mean? And it goes back to what you saying, how you had a voice and people are listening and how much power people take. So I love how you didn't, you know, you showed a different perspective, like you pushing music and this music ain't no harm to anybody. It's better getting music off the street than drugs. And that's what's right. something that you was pushing the whole time. And also in High Rollers, that music video in particular, it was like you teaching people who are younger than you, like, look, this fast life is going to get you to a fast result, either jail or in the in the cemetery to clean it up. And uh, it's so many lessons from these singles. And it wasn't just regular hip hop songs. And back to what I said before, when I reintroduced you, how this album also served a purpose too. You know, it wasn't self-preservation type deal. It was more so like, okay, people are tuning in. Back to what you're saying, people are tuning in. Now my voice really like means something. It touched people. Well, you know, so one you, of the, oh, what you said? Sorry. I was going to say, when you're doing this gangster rap shit, you know, my boys is in prison. Everybody's stuck. And they telling me, I don't send nobody to jail, cuz. You know? Oh. And and don't push this invincible line. You know what this is. This shit is dangerous. So one thing Ice-T always try to do is show you both sides of the game. Now, some kids, they think that's corny. It's, it's like pre and post prison rap. Like, if you've never been to prison then you may not like me because I sound like I'm warning you of some bullshit. But if you go, then you say, oh, Ice was telling me. The nigga told mm -hmm. me, you know? So I have a conscience and I could never just promote the streets like you was gonna get away with it. I couldn't promote it because I right. always right. knew the danger that was involved in it. And even though I was part of it, I wanted out, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted out. I don't understand why niggas want to go in this shit if they don't have to. So that's what you heard in the music. You heard me saying, yeah, this is fly, high rollers. Oh, you want to be a high roller. It looks good. It looks good. But then at the end of the video, I'm standing over my dead right. body. Looking at, you know, like, is this really what you want? So that, that you, you caught it. You understood, you know, what I was trying mm -hmm. to say. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, rap, that's my thing. I'm a hip-hop baby, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, um, the first bar that we have here from I'm Your Pusher is, I'm the kingpin when the wax spins. Crack or smack will take you to a short end. <laughs> so, um, explain that bar to the people. Well, you know... The whole I'm Your Pusher record was taken from Curtis Mayfield's song, I'm Your Pusher. And mm -hmm. when, I, when I was in junior high, you said, and when you were starting out, you heard songs. I'm Your Pusher was the first record I ever heard with the word nigga in it. You know? <laughs> it was like so cold, because he I'm, him, I'm that nigga. And I was like, what the? It was just like, you know, like, that was cool to me. So... When I finally, now I'm making music, I'm like, I want to use that hook. So we're going to push music. We're going to play on the word. We're going to push music. So if you're a gang, if you, 
if you if you a drug dealer, the object is to become the kingpin, become the big guy. So I say, well, I'm mm -hmm. the kingpin when the wax spins. When the records spin, I'm the kingpin. And crackers mm -hmm. will take you to a sure end. And I'm just really just saying that, you know, we got to get high off this music and leave these drugs alone. I couldn't tell you no no great stories about anybody I know doing drugs. I tell you that. So just a way of yeah. my anti-drug record with a with a twist on it. Yeah, you did that very well. <laughs> very well. Here's something, here's, that, something, here's something that that I just found out. You know, push your T mm -hmm. from uh, uh 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 um damn from uh clips the clips e clips not eclipse the clips mm -hmm. named himself after that record. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pusha T took the word, I'm your pusher, and that's where he got Pusha T. So that record inspired that brother's name. I was like, that's dope. That that is dope. Yeah, that is dope. That is so dope. <laughs> yeah, and he and he's a super rapper too. He is. He is a good lyricist. I keep on trying to tell people. <laughs> and the next, yeah, I drink. I'm drink. If y'all want to know, I'm not sipping syrup. This is great Kool Aid. This is what real G's drink. Oh G! Oh my goodness! Old school stuff. <laughs> The next uh, bar that we have here is um, from I'm Your Pusher as well. Is you don't need it. Just throw that stuff away. You want to get high, let the record play. Yeah. yeah. So um, touch up it. on that bar a little bit. You don't need it. Just throw that stuff away. You want to get high, let the record play. I'm just really telling people don't do drugs. Like get high off of the music, you know, like this record was made during the crack epidemic. And, you know, I like a lot of people when Coke first hit, Coke was a fashionable drug because only the rich could afford it. You know, right. people sniffing powder, it was fly, it was glamorized, you know. But when they took it to crack and they made it, you could get it for $5, it became super addictive and it really started to destroy our community. And it was two things happening. You got young brothers getting rich, serving. But then at mm. the same time, we killing each other. So it was a very difficult paradox to deal with, you know. But I decided to take a stance against it. And, uh, you know, my record wasn't against the drug dealer. It was just against the drug user. Like, come on, stop it. 
you know? Right. Um, it was an attempt. I think a lot of records, you know, uh, uh, Brand Nubians had Slow Down, you know, hey, baby, you know, your hips, yeah. I can't even think all the words he said to it. Slow down, maybe you know it was all about crack, you know, you yeah. know. So, so there was a movement in hip hop. Public Enemy did Night of the Living Bassheads. There was a movement in hip hop, and we decided crack was not good. And right. rap, rap has the ability to make things uncool, like something we thought was cool, all of a sudden rappers would say, that ain't cool no more. Right. You do have the power to do that. Right. Goes back to the to the title. I, I swear, man, <laughs> you picked the right title name for this. And we're going to go to the next bar here is from High Rollers. Speed of life, fast. It's like walking barefoot over broken glass. It's like jumping rope on a razor blade. All lightning quick decisions are made. Oh, I'm flowing today. <laughs> so touch on that bar for a little bit for the people. Well, speed of life. Uh, you know, it's called the fast life. So it's just mm -hmm. a play on the word. It's a fast life. So the speed of life, fast. And uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people that don't, don't listen like speed of light. I'm like, I ain't talking about no motherfucking body light. It's the speed of life. Speed of yeah. life fast. It's like walking barefoot over broken glass. It's like jumping rope on a razor blade. All lightning quick decisions are made. Then it goes on lifestyle, clush. Females, rush. This high profile personality who earns his pay illegally. Um, it's a, I'm, I'm defining what a hustler has to live like, you know? It's like, that's what it's like. It's like, you're always on edge. You're always one simple mistake and it's over for potential life or you're gonna get shot. So mm -hmm. this life is not easy or, or a casual, you know? Um, your blood pressure won't go down while you're hustling. You are gonna <laughs> always have high blood pressure. You're gonna always be on edge. Uh, it's a different life than people see on television uh, or they they look at the glamorous side of it, but right. it's so stressful, you know? And right. I would show that in the High Rollers video and, and with the song, it's like, you want to be a high roller. This is what you mm -hmm. think you want to be, you know? Right. My, one, of my, one of my favorite bars in it, is the one about the women. Yeah, I'm here to tell you females also roll, drive the same car, sometimes we're more gold, cold as an igloo, or hot as a flame, they'll shake you, break you, and they won't know your name. Gangsters <laughs> to the max, all marks will be taxed. These girls drive Ferrari, not Cadillacs. Respect is demanded, most men don't understand it till they peep the huge bank that these girls have landed. They're junkies for fun, love life on the run, and if things get hot, they will pull a gun. Prey on the lame, no shame to the game. They all seek power. Fuck the fame. Now, that's the girls. <laughs> that's the yeah. girls. You, know, you want to you wanna fuck around with them chicks? Good luck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All facts. All facts. All facts. Best believe that. 
And the uh, the next bar that we have here is, uh, yes, the game has flashed, but sometimes hurts. Behind any mistake, hard time lurks. Go back. It goes back to what you said earlier. Yeah, the game has flash, but it also hurts. Behind any mistake, hard time lurks. And jail's not, not your only problem, though it may seem you just might die from a barrage from an M16. But to each his own, choose the mobile phone, the cable, the, the tailored suit, the luxury home. You'll never get caught. You got nerves of ice. You smarter than them crooks on Miami Vice. That's back when Miami Vice was on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the new kids, that was a TV show about gangsters and hustlers and players. But, you know, this is iced tea. And, and like I said, a lot of times the fan base wasn't happy about me pushing a positive line. They wanted the negative. They they wanted me to push the line. And a lot of rappers came out doing that. They just came mm. out doing it, like saying, hey, yeah, I'll just do it. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. But I I I like I do, I have a moral compass that says it ain't really about pushing niggas down some road that I wouldn't go down or 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 you know, that's corny to me. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. I love these singles. I, I love the album. I, I love the singles, though, because, again, it does serve a purpose. And you young kids, I'm telling you right now, go listen to this. All right. Hip hop is not just what you describe, I see. Hip hop actually served a purpose. You know, there's singles out there with singles like this, you know, to help encourage the youth. There's singles like that out there, you know, so hip hop is not just you know, just, oh, just rapping and just negative things, you know, that's the purpose of this whole show is to bring light and admiration to hip hop back to where, you know I mean, where it used to be. Cause I'm seeing that it's taking like a different turn and I'm like, nah, we gotta bring the light, the admiration, the harmony back because it's just, you know, it's taking time. One thing, but one thing I always, always would do is I would use like the negative imagery to draw you into the story, to catch you, mm -hmm. like preachy, you know. It's like I, I remember my dad told me a story about his partner who had got all this money and he got all this. He had everything. He was in Vegas and he, you know, had just bought a new Rolls and he this that and the third. He had all these chicks coming to the room, so now he got me intrigued in the story and stuff. And uh, you know, when I, when he got me me wide open on the story, he says, "Yeah, and that at night, a night he OD'd on heroin. He was dead with the, with the whole hotel room full of money and everything. The girls ran off with the money, his clothes, his jewelry. So what he did was he took what I wanted to hear and hit me with what I needed to hear. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times when you listen to Ice T, there's a there's gonna be a catch at the end that should catch you." It's not going to just be like, oh, you go, you know, like an OG. I said, that invincible shit don't work. I'll throw you in the joint. You'll be coming back feet first. So, and, and, and like OGs, like your pops and stuff, they listen to it now. They And they listen and they know what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. now most of the cats of our age are on the same mission I've been on. They now they pushing the line like, hey, don't do this. Don't do that. I was stupid. I got caught up. 
don't go to prison. Because right. now we got kids and we 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 we, we, we might have made mistakes, but we're not supposed to be still pushing that shit. Right. Right, exactly. Especially me. I, you, you know. I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you know definitely yeah, firsthand. Yes. You know. That, yeah. <laughs> and most importantly, now, this was around the time where you formed Rhyme Syndicate. Now, can you detail and deter, you know, describe the formation of Rhyme Syndicate? Well, Rhyme Syndicate was just a lot of groups in LA that were trying to come out. And um, I was affiliated with them because I had the first record out. So you, met, you, 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 you attract a lot of other groups. They trying to get around you, you know, they know you seem to know the way. So I had studied the Zulu Nation out of New York City. I also studied Lucky Luciano, who created this thing called the Commission, which was the five mob families. And he created a, a thing called the Commission, which said, before we fight, we sit down and we try to talk it out. Hmm. So in LA, everything that wasn't NWA or dealing with Dre and their umbrella, which included Snoop and all them, was syndicate. Meaning I had hmm. Cypress Hill, I had uh, all the different people, low profile, Dub C was down with us, uh, hmm. Vine Style, Donald D. I had groups from all over the country and I just created an organization of organizations, which is a group of groups with a common goal. That's what a syndicate is. I was the founder, but I have no control over it. So in other words, Jay, you have an organization, you part of the mm -hmm. syndicate. All you agree is before we go to war, you say we're going to talk boss to boss. We'll sit down and we'll have a talk. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No and we'll try to squash it. Most times you can squash it because the boss has got cleaner heads than the soldiers. The soldiers just want to fight. And you can right, squash right. it. So L.A., you had N.W.A. and who they became. And that includes Trady, all you guys, they're off the branch of NWA because that's Snoop, Q branched out with Mac-10 and all them. Right. That's one big ass organization over there. Then over there you had Rhyme Syndicate. Those are the other, that was the, all the other groups out of LA and um, mm -hmm. Cypress Hill, all the other groups. And um, with the syndicate, we managed never to have a West Coast beef. Never. The only beef, only beef ever happened in the West Coast was NWA, and that was a family feud. And that was a feud amongst groups that we all just had to step back. Easy right. them. That was them. That I, I'm friends with both sides, so we had to let them figure it out, you know, shogun right. and all that right. stuff. But we never really had any beefs inside of my organization. Syndicate still stands. Everybody who was down with it still reps and you know, it was a brotherhood, so to speak. Wow. 
Now, I did not know that. That was definitely a hidden gem. That was an Easter egg. I did not even know that. Yeah. Wow. The, syndicate, the syndicate has a lot of members. King T. You know, a lot of people decide to, to say, we'll be part of it. And, you know, we were able to stop Booyah Tribe. We was able to make calls and calm people's nerves down. And L.A. is full of gangs. And, you know, it, you had all these different members of rap groups and different gangs. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had to make it happen. And, you know, some people say, well, you created your own gang. I like, well, it's more of an anti-gang. It was like yeah, people that decided That's- to do music, basically. Mm-hmm. Now I got a question. Now this is this is for my mom. This is her favorite song and her favorite movie. Let's go. Colors, the song of colors. Okay, the song hey. colors. Please explain the significance of that for everybody. Okay, the song colors comes from um the movie. The movie they were gonna do was called Colors, and mm-hmm. first they didn't even know that they had gangs in L.A. They were gonna shoot this movie in Chicago. And that somebody said, dude, in L.A., they were like, we got gangs in L.A.? That year, 370 kids died. But at this time, L.A. gang warfare wasn't on the on the news, you know, hot list. Mm-hmm. So when they decided to do the movie, they, they I was on Warner Brothers, so they wanted to use a song I had called Squeeze the Trigger, which is on the Ryan Pays album. Um, right. So I knew that if they wanted to use my record, I could see the movie. Anybody out there listening, if they ever want to use your movie in a record, I mean, use your record in a movie, you can ask to see the movie. That's some get that's some player shit. Like, I don't know. I let me see the movie. You could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let them use it anyway, but I, I just used my card. So I went, I saw the movie. It was very uh how would I say it? It wasn't real, you know? A lot of things weren't real. You know, like the Mexicans and the Blacks have never been at war in LA. If the Mexicans and the Blacks start fighting, LA would be devastated. That's a war that we cannot ever engage in, Black gangs and Mexican gangs. Dear God, there's more Mexican gangs than Black gangs in LA. That's a a lot of people don't know that. But then also, you know, even the scene where the Crips are walking into the tank and they got all that shit on. By the time- Yeah, that's when the movie, that's when the song played, yeah. Yeah, but by the time you in there, you ain't dressed like no gangbanger no more. And then where they ran up against the Bloods, that there's no part of the county where that happens. They're on a whole nother module, you know? Right. So this is all, right. I'm watching them like, that, that never could happen in the jail. But anyway, <laughs> I watched the movie, I said, okay, so I said, well, what's going on? You got a song for it? And they say, yeah, Rick James did it. I'm like, Rick James? Rick James is the nigga, but not for this movie. So there was a song. If you get the Colors soundtrack, there's a song called Everywhere I Go, Colors by Rick James. That's, on the la- that's the last song on the album. So me and Africa Islam went back to the studio that night and we made Colors. And... Um, once again, you know, listen, you'll see them. Sometimes I'll be them. So I became the gang member and I rap from the perspective of the gang member. 
And without being in a gang, I know exactly how them niggas think because I'm around them every goddamn day. So I yeah, right. So I rap the perspective of the gang. You know, red or blue, cuz of blood, it just don't matter. Suck or die for your life when the shotgun scatters. The gangs of LA will never die, just multiply. And the song is so good, people think I was in the movie. People like, yo, I saw, <laughs> nigga, I was not in the movie. Niggas really got me fucked up like that. <laughs> like, man, I was excited to see you. Where you was at? Where y'all see? No, they thought they saw me. And then the fucked up thing is on the video, I had to do these disclaimers. Like in the middle of the video, I go, you know, you get a gun, then I get a gun. I had to talk because the record label was like, this is a pro gang record. And MTV won't show it unless you do some kind of disclaimer. So I had to re-record it and put these little ad libs in the middle. Don't, you know, I ain't got no reason. That was all extra to get it on MTV. It won an MTV award, or no, it was nominated for MTV award. But the um, that was not even supposed to be on the record, but that's the price you pay if you try to get on TV and bullshit. Right. I remember I was singing Colors because <laughs> I love how the song started. I love how the song started. I sung it, and my mom like, don't sing that song. I was in middle school, too. <laughs> She's like, what you doing? You watched the movie? I'm like, I didn't watch the movie. Nightmare walking, psychopath talking, like that's the worst shit. <laughs> right. It was hard too. I love it. And um, also, just a uh, little fun fact um, I'm Your Pusher was also featured on the video game True Crime Streets of LA soundtrack, and that came out in 2004. And that was the first time I ever heard I'm Your Pusher because I got the video game, and you and my pops, y'all both featured in the video game. So, of course. <laughs> okay, so the next album, now this album is very purposeful. It's actually my favorite too. The Iceberg, Freedom of Speech, Just Watch What You Say, came out in 1989, okay? Singles, Lethal Weapon, What You Want to Do, and You Played Yourself, Certified Gold. I love this album because it was very expressive and passionate and uh and Lethal Weapon, to me, you depicted of you taking charge and really defending the hip-hop music culture and actually taking a stance. So, um, number one, what is the purpose and inspiration for this album and art cover? You got to remember, so power, I realized that I got power, all right? Mm -hmm. So now I spoke, I spoke out a little bit on power. Now they're trying to shut me up. So that's why I got a shotgun stuck in my mouth. I got two, uh, I look like I got a, a 357 on one side, a four or five, and this is how I feel. You know, it's like freedom of speech, just watch what you say, is very important for us to remember even today when you see people mm -hmm. get in trouble for what they say. Don't get fucked up with free speech. Like, you have the right to say anything. But right. people also have the right to attack you for that. So you can't just say anything and think people can't get mad. No, that's not what free speech means. Free speech means right. you have the right to say it. I just can't come home to my wife, say I fucked your sister, free speech. You know what I'm saying? 
right. you know, got the right to get, you know, get mad. I can't come out and diss the police and think they can't come back at me. I can't be Colin Kaepernick and drop down on my knee and think that they're not going to be some repercussions. You got to be prepared for whatever you do. Something's going to hit back. If you go out to protest, right. you got to be willing to take the hit. You might lose your job if you say this. So you can't think that under the realm of free speech, there will not be any ramifications. You just have to understand that. So you have free speech, but watch what you say. Think about it. One of my favorite quotes comes from the art of war where he, Sun Tzu says, before you go to war, you must consider the expense, you know? <sighs> and, and that could mean a lot of things. Uh, if you talk about actual war, will you lose soldiers? Will people die? Is it that serious? You know, let's consider the expense of this war. Don't just do it. If I open my mouth and I decide I want to say something, am I saying it just for shock value or do I mean it? You know, like <clears throat> I don't have nothing against gay people. So why go say something derogatory and have them attack when I don't right. really mean it? It's nothing. I don't mean right. it. It's like, why am I doing it? So my thing is, right. if I want beef, if I want beef, I will name you and I will attack you and I'll be ready for whatever comes with it. I don't got no problems right. with that. But be right. more cautious of what you say so you don't get yourself in some shit that you don't even really want. It's just mm -hmm. keeping it real isn't just about running your motherfucking mouth, you know? Right. Like, people look at me, they go, Oh, that nigga say anything. That nigga say anything. I know what the fuck I'm saying, and I know what the fuck I'm not saying. Right. <laughs> okay, to get that clear, you know? <laughs> so that, that was the album was about. It was about now me dealing with power and censorship and the feeling of like, damn, what, what's the next thing's going to, you know, how do I talk now? Man, I, I love the sequence of the albums. I really do. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like we we going on a journey with you with the sequence of these uh albums. That's what it felt like. And what I love I'm about happy, the I'm just happy that I'm just happy because of your podcast, you had a chance to really go through my albums. I think that's so dope to, to really talk to somebody who's taking time to really listen to the music because it's art. And Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's yes. You got to kind of go through it with somebody to really get the get what I who I am or understand my growth too. And and right. that, you know, it's good. I'm I'm very impressed and proud that uh you you listen to this stuff. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You are one of my favorites. Absolutely. Okay, well, a rapper and actor, okay? So. I, mean, I mean, your dad got the same name, so that got to mean. I something. know. I was I was telling him too. I'm like, "Yeah, you my Tracy though." <laughs> <laughs> my Tracy. <laughs> like, not my Tracy. That's why we and both grew up 
crazy. When you get named a girl's name, you got no options. You got to be hard, and both y'all hard. <laughs> like, hey, man, you know what the deal is, okay? Don't don't treat me like I'm some girl, man. <laughs> uh, not at all. And what I love about Lethal Weapon, the music video, this the opening scene, how you was trying to go and perform, and the security guys was like, no, you're not performing. Like, dude, I'm going to go in there. And then, you know, you like, and, you know, they was like, no, no, you're not going in. So, he was like, I bet. So y'all came in, you and your crew, all black, got the dogs and got the bats. <laughs> he was about to wreck stuff up. And I'm like, when I saw that video, I'm like, oh, I'm going to like this. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, it, it's all symbolic, you know, because Lethal Weapon is really saying to mind, you know, that's your most valuable. That's what you said. Mm -hmm. That's your most, that's your most dangerous weapon. I mean, like Hitler never killed nobody personally, you know. Right. Charles Manson never killed nobody personally. You have to be worried about these people with these evil thoughts and the power to control people. Those are the most dangerous people. So, you know, at the end, I said, we're going to go to the library, get some more ammo. And as a young lady, the more intelligent you are, the more dangerous you are. You know, mm. you know, you you gonna be some dummy with a with a pistol in your pocket. You are gonna go to jail. But if you smart, you unfuckwithable. They they the more knowledge you know, people really back off you. They come at you like you dumb, but then when you hit them with that intelligence, they back off. They always like would come at me, and then they find out that they were up against somebody that was not a a, a soft target. They be like, oh. Mm -hmm. this little this nigga's smart, you know? And I think I hopefully inspired other rappers to step their knowledge game up, you know, because that's gangster, you know, mm -hmm. not being, being no dummy. Like niggas call, niggas is asking me about being thugs and shit. Pac was on the thug shit. I ain't never been a thug. Mm -hmm. I, ain't, I ain't never been a thug. I was always a thinker. I was always a nigga moving the thugs. I never was on no, no, I never felt like that. Not to, I'm not dissing Pac. These people are very crazy about Pac. You gotta be careful. I'm not dissing Pac. That's, <laughs> that's just not my thing. I was more like, let's be boss. Let's be the kingpin. Let's be smart. You know, mm -hmm. right now, youngsters, get that knowledge, man. Know, know your history mm -hmm. about everything. They can't mm -hmm. fuck you. No, they can't fuck you if you got knowledge. They can't. They'll try, but they won't be able to. Right. Right. Totally agree. So on this album, which song on this album is very important to you? Oh shit. I don't I, read the list. What's on there? <laughs> you got a list? I mean, the first song, the iceberg is just me saying dumb rhymes, talking shit about wild shit. You know, just uh the iceberg. Nate, can you do you have any I can't let me see. So many records. You talking to somebody who got five hundred records? I don't. <laughs> I mean, five hundred uh, songs. Shut up, be happy. Okay, the ice part was shut up, be happy. Shut up, be happy is me announcing martial law. Um, hmm. shit, we could have played that. You know, during the pandemic. You know, it was like you know, the world is coming to an end type shit, and uh. 
that that record had been used by Megadeth to open their shows for years and stuff. But that's a good one. That that's an opening. What's the next one? The Iceberg. Then what? The Iceberg. Mm -hmm. That's just some bullshit rhymes. Just fun shit. That's nothing. Means nothing. Number three is uh, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. And, we talk. Right. And four is You Played Yourself. Okay. We just ended there. You played yourself. I mean, now people think DJ Khaled made that term up. You know, that's Ice-T once again. Right. <laughs> you know, you played yourself. And that's just more or less like, don't do it to yourself. You know, there's a lot of people out there trying to play you, but you do it to yourself. You, you're doing dumb shit, you know, you, you, and, 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 and whether you're playing yourself with drugs, where you're playing yourself with the women, whether you're playing yourself with your fans, don't play yourself. You don't want to be in jail mm -hmm. saying, damn, man, I did this to myself. So Rakim says, I'll take a phrase that's rarely heard, flip it. Now it's a daily word. So you played yourself. Ice tea. That was my lingo. Hmm. Okay. 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 Next album. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It's just like you know, I'm absorbing it in. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. yeah. Well, yeah lot, I, I watched it. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff you'll do, and everybody, you know, like they'll never know the origin of stuff. And then I don't, you know, unless you ask me, I'll tell you. But nah, we. We started a lot of this shit. <laughs> you definitely did. That's why I called you a pioneer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You was around the formation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you yeah. the seed. <laughs> yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next the, the next album and last album we're gonna cover is OG Original Gangster. Came out in 1991. One of my favorites, one of my favorite songs too. Uh, singles, OG Original Gangster and New Jack Hustler, Nino Steam. Certified Gold and also is charted on US top RB and hip hop albums at number nine. Okay. So um, the first bar that we have here for this album is. Um, from OG Original Gangster is I ain't no superhero. I ain't no Marvel comic. But when it comes to the game, I'm atomic at dropping it straight, point blank, un and untwisted. No imagination needed because I lived it. That's it. You know, don't get it messed up. I'm not a superhero. I'm not no Marvel comic. But when it comes to game, I'm atomic at dropping it straight, point blank, and untwisted. No imagination needed because I lived it. The original gangster is just once again me me saying you know how I started off trying to rhyme. Uh, I tried to rhyme like New York, and then my homeboy said, "Man, kick that LA shit." And I did six in the morning. That was the real shit. And um, it's just mm -hmm. me trying to it's trying to explain to motherfuckers like, "Yo, anybody can get it. I could get shot, um, but this is where I'm from," you know, and and. It's just a, just a basic record. Now, the term OG comes from gang culture. Uh, mm -hmm. They were saying OG when I was growing up. OG means the first generation of a particular set. LA sets mm -hmm. pop up. They pop up like dandelions. Like you, there'd be a set here. Then the next thing you know, you know, uh, uh, 
the, me and your pop started set, we Trey Crips. So now we done started a gang over here, right? It's a set. But the people who were the original members are the OGs of that particular mm -hmm. set. And then mm -hmm. it moves on and, and it grows and grows and grows. Um, also, LA took on the term OG to mean anything original. So the original 501 jeans, the original Chuck Taylors, the original K-Swiss, anything that's old, the original Dayton's, those are the, the any, so it, it has a lot of meaning. So it starts with gangs, but it moves into just original. Anything that's original is OG. So uh, I took it, put it into hip hop vernacular, and uh, now that's what they call me. They call me the OG, you know, for, I, I put that in there. And, and in a way I was the original LA rapper. So it works. And um, right. that album was supposed to be a double album. I was, I was trying on my fourth album to do something special. I wanted a double album, you know? Oh. And um, that's why it was 20, I think it's 24 songs, 20 something. But that time was when CDs came out and they were like, we not doing wax. And it threw me off and they weren't doing double CDs. And so it's just an extra long album because it was intended to be double. Oh, that is, okay. Got it. It would have been double if it was a double disc. Yeah. <laughs> they was playing yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, you know, I always try to do something different. I did, that was always my thing. It's like, can I do something a little bit different? You know, that's it. Yeah, you was very, you're very versatile. Very versatile. <laughs> and, and the next, uh, what'd you say? I'm sorry, I, 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 we're on this thing. So see, I don't I don't mean to be disrespectful. It sounds like I'm talking over you. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, the next single, uh, uh, the next bar that we have here, it's from the it's from a track from the album Escape from the Killing Fields. I actually watched that mm -hmm. video too. I gotta make my move because I'm a, a renegade. I recognize when mind techniques are being played. Like yeah, right Escape from Killing Fields is basically saying that you live where you live because that was the best your parents could do for you. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not from a hood or ghetto or whatever we're all black people come from the south like all of our relatives somehow come from the south because that's where slavery took place so right all of us migrated to virginia you know south carolina or you know all of us have a relative somewhere in the south my mother was it's creole they're from the french quarter down there when the slave owners took the french uh, the, the pretty black girl, women slaves, and had children with them. Mm -hmm. They made a whole bunch of light-skinned babies with light eyes and stuff like that. This is how this, this migration. Mm -hmm. And the killing feels, what I'm saying is now we dumped into these ghettos. It's not necessarily one where you want to be. You mm -hmm. as a young lady... It's your job to spin the globe, look any place on this earth and say, you know what? I want to live there and I want to take my family there because this is where I think it'll be better. I'm not stuck in Long Beach. I'm not stuck in South Central L.A. That was just the best my family could do. 
So right. it's really me trying to break down that whole mental idea that you're black and you're supposed to stay in the ghetto and you're supposed to be poor, you know? And I say, I realize mm -hmm. when mind techniques are being played, you know, I'm not, I, you got to get out. Why? Because the fields are where you die, homie. There'll never be any schools that are any good. So there's a, there's a whole mental that says, stay in the ghetto and make the ghetto better. I understand that. I understand that whole theory. But then at the same time, you know, why don't we evacuate the ghetto? You know, why don't we evacuate it? Why don't we move, get, get our shit and get someplace else safe where there's a better, a better place? I have no problem with people in the ghetto. I just don't like the conditions. And, and, mm. and, and, and I, I got love for people there and I'm from it. I'm from right out of the mud. I'm a, I'm an orphan. I have no mother, father, sisters, brothers, uncles. I slept in cars and people's garages. I already know that, but I wasn't robbing, hustling, and stealing to stay there, my nigga. I was trying to get the fuck away. I wanted to get to some a better life. So it's right, right. Feels is us, us at least knowing there's a better place and a better way, and don't get caught up in the mind fuck that because you black, you supposed to stay. That's like kidding that the Indians should you should want to stay on the reservation. That's where you should want to be. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Basically, and what I love about this album here is that it was like an evolution, but you still the same person. Like, hey, don't get it messed up now. You know what I'm saying? I'm on, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm still OG out here, but you know, it's mentally, it just felt like you evolved on this well, album. That's, that's the album cover. The right. album cover. Is me standing in my motherfucking living room in Beverly Hills. We posted up, got indoor <laughs> palm trees and shit. But that's the same nigga right here in shackles. It's the same nigga. Right. Don't get it fucked up. That's what the album <laughs> cover meant. You know, if I had just did the picture of me in the tux, that would have been like, yo, that's who I am now. Oh, only him. But no, no, right. that's same person, same person. You know, just, you know, don't get it twisted, like you said. Yeah, see, I'm on point, you know what I'm saying? You're on point. <laughs> you're, you're, you're seeing what I'm saying. I, I love it. Yes, that's, and, and again, goes back to symbolism, what you said earlier, symbolic, you know, and somebody that's the whole point of... Dig this, somebody looked at this cover and seen something I didn't see. They say you standing on the cross. I'm like, word, didn't even see that. I didn't meant that to happen. I'm like, I'm standing on the cross. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> like, shoot, I did, I did something. <laughs> I, hey, sometimes you be like, word? That's just, I, 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 well, unintended symbolism, but there it is. Right. And also, OG original gangster and you was also featured in Def Jam Fight for NY. Man, let me tell you something. I saw so many people play that video game. Like, man, Ice T is hard to beat. He just whooped my ass. <laughs> Let's run that back. <laughs> and you I was looking fly game. too. Hmm? I lucked up in that game. They made me a good character. I was I was difficult to beat, but you know. 
they should bring that game back. I, they, they need to reboot that game, you know, uh, uh, for the new systems. Everybody loved that game. That was fun. Yes. Oh, you was looking fly. You had to do rag. You had to shades on necklace, the one earring. You know what I mean? You was you was looking OG right here. And your That's opening it. line is, I'm going to go right through you, chump. And then when I whoop your ass, I say, you're a bitch. Your mama's a bitch. Your daddy's a hoe. It's some shots. <laughs> you said, um, I remember that. You said, uh, nothing but a punk. Your daddy's a punk. And your mama's a bitch. <laughs> I yeah, remember saw someone playing that game. They like, now that was disrespectful. <laughs> Video game. Like you just whooped my ass and that's what you said. But you know, that's how you and that's how you invade invade the culture. Like you, you start off rapping and then before you know it, you're in movies, you're in commercials, you're in video games, and then you just kind of work your way into the culture of America. And mm -hmm. Before you know it, you're bigger than just a rap record. You remember, you're starting from one single that you don't even know if anybody will care about. And before you know it, look at Snoop right now. Snoop is on every other TV commercial. He's everywhere. He's with Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. It's like, I believe Snoop is, to me, the most famous and recognizable rapper of all time. Even though you could that say, I don't, I don't think people... Even though Jay-Z is hot, I don't think people recognize Jay-Z if he's not with Beyonce. I think Jay is, you know, still a little off the grid compared to Snoop. Compared mm -hmm. to Snoop. Snoop is unique looking. And if you see him, you know him. And people love fucking Snoop Dogg. This is from oh, LA. And he's an L.A. gangbanger. Like, how the fuck? So that lets people know that growth is possible. And yeah. it's it really stops where you stop it, you know? And I'm just happy to be, to even know dude, cause he's so dope and you know, I'm, I, every time I do a commercial and shit, I, I, he, he does three. I'm like this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> like I ain't trying to keep up, but geez. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I remember going to school and I couldn't even say who my parents were because people already know who Snoop was. So I just have to walk around like I just I'm just a regular person. <laughs> well, my daughter, my daughter, I don't know. My daughter's probably a much. Oh, I don't know how old you are, but my daughter always. I was born in '98. I was born okay. in '98. Okay. Well, my daughter's older than you, but she always had a problem, and you know, with guys mm -hmm. today because the problem you guys always have is you're gonna hold men to your dad's standards. And it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be yeah. difficult. So, you know, as soon as the nigga does something out the way, you be like, nigga, you sound like a punk. Like you, you, you grew up around such serious shit that the dudes can't really keep up with it because they not cut like that. And so you have a problem looking at this cat like, really? Like she'll be with guys and they be like, ask your dad for some money. My dad. My dad will give you a ski mask and a starter pistol, nigga. Like, you better figure this shit out. You, right? you, you know, and she's seen me grind and hustle as a kid. And, you know, she already knows. So you, I know you lived a similar life. So, yeah, man, it's 
And then even like I'm threatening, I'm, I'm not even in it, in it. The dudes do it in their own mind. It's like, like right, oh, they already made the threat. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 I haven't even said nothing. I'm not even meeting a nigga. Who's your dad? Oh, shit. Oh, no. They just go into it. They go into already. They 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 see themselves getting their ass kicked. It ain't even that they ain't done nothing yet. Right. They like, man, and they he know a lot of people too. And they like we can't touch yeah. her. Yeah, you married, you born into the mob. You have no you had no choice, but hey, it it's good. Nobody ain't never gonna do nothing to you, so you know that. Right, right. It'll be like, <laughs> yeah, just know what the deal is, okay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, I'm a little trainee too. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so from this album, what was your inspiration or muse behind creating Original Gangster? It was just time, you know. Now, NWA's out, like we say, they coined the term gangster rap. And I was like, I got to do something. I got to do something bigger than anything else I've done. So, you know, we went in, I went in with DJ Aladdin. This mm -hmm. album I had um DJ Ace, uh hmm. Mind Poetic Mafia producing, SLJ had a lot of different other producers, and um we just grinded and grinded. We just kept making song after song after song after song. My albums are intentionally all well-rounded. You got gangster records, you got political records, you got sex rhymes, you got just right. basic bullshit rhymes, but I always try to round them out. I got a song on there about Mandela. I got the song, The Tower is on there about the penitentiary system. I was just trying to make, uh, I guess, a, a statement of what Ice-T was all the way around. So a lot of people say that's my best album. Hmm. I just think that you are overall just great rapper is the best rapper one of the best i i i that's that's my belief you know what i mean but well, you uh, know one thing, one thing i'll say though like there's a lot of ways to rap so you have technical rappers you know like eminem who, who are very complex and stuff and then you have other rappers that are more content based i like my favorite rapper is prodigy from mob deep and rest in peace rest in peace and I liked it because you could understand what he was talking about, you know. So yeah. Chuck D, Chuck D says, "I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling." So Ice T raps are really meant for you to listen to, not to dance to. It's just like right. It's more like literature. Like sit back and listen to this pimp talk to you about life and things. The rhymes are going to be there. They're not overcomplicated intentionally because I don't want you to not get it. You know? Right. So right. It's, it's, it's done in a way that it's digestible. And that's why I have a lot of white fans because they can get it because a lot of times we can talk in such complex slang that they don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> and True. I always said, if you can't hear what I'm saying, then how can you hear what I'm saying? And what I'm saying is very important. So I'm glad you got it. And I think my real fans appreciate that style of rap. Of course. Right? Yeah, that's definitely... I've been knowing that about you ever since I was a kid. How, especially like, 
original gangster and colors. When I first heard those records, I'm like, man, he's really spitting some real stuff. And at the end of the day, encouraging people who's not involved and thinking, oh, let me get involved because either my friends, you know what I'm saying? You're like, no, it's it's not for you. This is not the lane. There's other ways, there's other avenues to get into and other passions and hobbies that you can do, but 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 the fast life and the street life and all that stuff, if you're not built for it, it's not the way for you. You know what I mean? And you know, that's what definitely helped me, you know, growing up in LA and stuff and hearing, you know, records like that really kept me from like, yeah, you know, if it's not meant for me, if it's not aligned for me, I'm not even gonna get involved in it. You know what I'm saying? So who's built for it? Who's built for it? You built for prison? I like who the fuck is really built for it? You think you built for it. You think you're built for it till you hit that line and that pressure hits you. And then you see these cats and they go into jail and they talking and telling and singing and crying and all that extra shit. Singing and crying, yeah. <laughs> a whole bunch of singing and crying. <laughs> Man. But I but all the new listeners, uh, all the listeners that's listening, tuning in. I'm telling you, y'all listen to these four albums. All four. I'm not playing with y'all, okay? Y'all better listen to this. Y'all heard this conversation. All right, this is meant for y'all, okay? So listen to that. So um, the next um, segment that we got here, and this is, you know, we slowly finna wrap up, is Biz After Music. Biz After Music, this is a segment that we do where we talk about artists branching outside of music. Now, you, especially in acting, another favorite of mine, you made a few cameos in the movie Breaking, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, and Rapping, and your acting debut on film New Jack City. One of my favorites. And honorable mentions, Surviving the Game, New York Undercover, Judgment Day, Law and & Order, and of course, Law & Order SVU. Special Victims Unit, one of my favorites, and uh, Ice-T Rap School. Let me tell you something. <laughs> New York Undercover, you played that too well, okay? To the point to where I'm like, if they don't come get this dude. <laughs> yeah, I killed homegirls. <laughs> I shot homegirls pregnant girl. I call it, that was cold with the roses. That was cold. I mean... You know, you know, when the, when the acting lane opened up for me, you know, breaking was just like, you know, I was in a club where they started to shoot that movie and they just decided to use us. And that movie, I was called Featured Rap Talker. They didn't even know what a rapper was back then. But um, when I got the chance to do New Jack City, I got a chance to be on Fame. I, I was mm -hmm. just like, yeah. I was just like, I was kind of torn with New Jack City because they wanted me to play the police. And that's when the original Gangster album was coming out. And that's why mm. I did I did I did New Jack Hustler as Nino's theme because I couldn't rap from the police perspective, so I rapped from the, the hustler's perspective. But right. you know, I come from a background with no opportunity. I come from the hood. So when you start getting opportunities and you turn them down. You a real live sucker because you over here bitching <laughs> about what's not happening and you black and this and now somebody gives you a chance and you gonna turn it down for what? 
You know, I'm not no motherfucker police. I can act like the police. I don't have anything against the police like that. See, one thing people don't understand is that people say, well, you act like the cops. When I was in the streets, I never hated the cops because I was a real live criminal. We was robbing shit, robbing stores, robbing jewelry. To us, the cops were the opponent. They weren't the enemy. They were the opponent. We're going to beat right. them. We already know what we're going to do is illegal, but we're going to outsmart them. We're going to beat them. If you're a drug dealer, the fact that the dope is illegal is what creates the margin. If mm -hmm. as soon as weed becomes legal, it's not as valuable. So you got to understand that you the cops are part of the game. You need the cops. It's, it's kind of hard for a, non, a, a person that's really not into crime understand it, but you just have to know <laughs> that they're not the enemy. They're the opponent. We got to right. beat these motherfuckers. Now, brutal cops, uh, racist cops, uh, 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 brutal bullshit asshole cops, fuck them. All right. I don't, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like bullies. I don't like racists. I don't like, I don't give a fuck what what they're wearing. I don't care, badge or no badge. But that goes to police. So when it was time for me to act as a cop, I was worried only because the album was coming out. But once I did right. that, people loved that shit. They was like, yo, act nigga. I was like, what? <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is cool. So I was the first rapper to ever act as a character other than himself. This is before hmm. Will Smith. This is before Pac. This is before anybody. So before Q, yep. I'm taking these leaps of faith. But you know, one of my mottos is you're talking about life after music. You don't guide life, you ride life. You, you, mm -hmm. you, you, right now, you cannot tell me what you'll be doing in 20 years. You have no idea. And even what you think you want to do, you might be doing something else. There's no way on earth I thought I'd be playing a cop on TV for 25 years, doing your podcast. This is all beyond my wildest dreams. Getting a star, like how the fuck they give me a star? Like You earned a star. What are you talking about? <laughs> as many times as I got arrested in Hollywood, you know, low riding, all kind of getting jacked. I've been in the Hollywood police station more than some of the cops, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, But this just shows that, you know, you make a change in your life and you start aiming at other things with the same initiative you had to do the negative, you can turn it and you can flip it. And I'm still the same nigga. I'm this, I just, I just, I just move different. I just, I just, right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I'm not out trying to hurt no motherfucking body or all that old bullshit. Right. Right. And uh, Law and Order at SVU, you, I just gotta... The way you play Finn, let me tell you something, it's my favorite. And I told my grandmother, I'm like, I was just watching that, <laughs> Law and Order. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I was. <laughs> That's like my favorite. Man, you no nonsense. I love your one-liners. <laughs> Like, you know, dig this, dig, dig this. People say, well, how you learn to act like a police? Dig this. Here's, a, here's some shit. Acting like a gangster 
And a cop is the exact same acting, the exact same acting. You think about it. I'm the cop. I walk up. I got a gun. I want some answers. Without the answers, there will be a some type of uh, uh, consequence. It's a cop. I could do anything I want to you. Nothing's going to happen to me. That's a cop. So it's the same energy. And, and what you know, once you're in the streets heavy, the cops, higher you move up the game, the cops act more like gangsters than the gangsters. When you get to those different, those gang unit cops and all them, they talk like gangbangers. They act like them. They got a swag. They'll fuck you up. So, right, right. When I go on there, they go, well, you have experience with the police? I'm like, yeah, I got a lot of experience with the police. I know exactly how the motherfuckers act. So <laughs> I can play this guy. And also, at SVU, he's he's against rape, child molestation. They don't even like them in prison. So I got no problems, you know, attacking these particular characters. Because even in right. my real mind, I don't like the crimes they committed. Right. Right. Yeah. Which explains the special victims unit. It, it took me a bit while watching it to understand what that meant. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I've been watching uh, SVU for, I want to say five years straight. Watch every season. You saw, uh, <laughs> sex so, crime. Yeah, you know, is my favorite. I love y'all. <laughs> SVU, SVU is sex crimes. That's what we're about. Right. Basically to the viewers. Okay. So I got a few questions, and this is just for the hip-hop culture. Now, after years of recording and releasing music, how did you evolve as a rap artist? I think you just have to be honest and rap from where you are mentally in life. Like, you know, when you're 20-something, you rap from a 20-year-old's perspective. When you're in your 30s, you rap from a 30-year-old's perspective. Now I'm a grown ass man, so I have to rap from that perspective, how I see things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. It's like, so therefore, as you would go through my records, you'll witness the evolution. Maybe I'm not as angry about this. Maybe I'm more angry about that. Uh, you can't grow older and rap like you're young. Like it doesn't work. You like your brain. So just be honest about it. I think that's the key. Um, yeah, that's the key. That's the key. You know, the people that are my fans have grown along with me. So I have to rap about the things that they're into too. I'm more adult rap now. You know what I when I rap, I'm rapping to cats my age or older, women thirty five and above that basically understand this growth you know uh when mm-hmm. you're young you rap about sneakers when you're older you rap about mortgages you know it's like shit. Oh, right 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 <laughs> right you went from oh let me get the new person oh let me got let me get this stock yeah <laughs> <laughs> so number two uh can you explain the importance of artist development yeah you know back in the days they had a and r and a and r was like with Motown where they would sign you and then they mm-hmm. teach you how to dance and they teach you how to dress and they would teach you how to do interviews and just give you some pointers on how to carry yourself in public and 
you know, things you need because you were not a star prior to this. You were just a normal person. And a lot mm -hmm. of things are going to change, you know. A lot of things have to change. And I think a lot of these new cats are getting in trouble because there is no A&R. They're coming right. right off the block, just dropping right off into a, uh, hold on one second. Okay. I got somebody meeting me. Hold on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of the new cats get in trouble because no one's kind of kind of giving them the game, like helping them, you know, with this new life they have, you know. If I was gonna do anything, that's what I would like to do. I would like to start an A and R like camp, you know. Yes. With some with some some OG singers, you know, like you watch The Voice, and then and they say, "Hey, I picked this person," and you get somebody to kind of mentor you through the lane. That's A and R. That's A and R. That's having somebody that's already been successful take you and help you. They don't right. have that, you know, and and it's very very important. A and R stands for artists and repertoire, and it's very very important nowadays. And that's lacking. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to make sure that I ask you that question. And um, which artists or groups did you admire the most musically? Well, when I was young, I was in the Parliament heavy. I was in mm. the Parliament, Funkadelic, George Clinton, James Brown, things of that nature and stuff. And, you know, when I heard Melly Mel early in my career, I, I realized you could put a message into the records. You know, I, I didn't know because party rap was was the thing. You know, like I said, Schoolie D sent me down the lane of gangster rap and hardcore lyrics because I he was cursing and talking crazy. Too Short was right mm -hmm. there saying wild, freaky tales. And, you know, uh, Rakim made me understand that you got to flow the way that he could flow on a rap. Like I got to make my, my music, you know, not jerky, nice and smooth, easy on the ears, you know, and public enemy made me understand I had to be black and I had to be proud. And I had to push the line and cube gave me that power of saying, yeah, West coast is now something to fuck with. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We got a bunch of rappers out here. We not playing, you know, um, I got so much. I've worked with Big Daddy Kane, another super rapper. Um, I just been inspired by a lot of people, you know, Muhammad Ali, different people. This, I, I'm just into people that stand up for shit and, 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 you know, ain't just going along with the punches. I'm not into people that do shit for shock value. Like, I'm like, mm -hmm. that shit's corny to me. Like, you know, like. Be about it, you know, and, right. and I found that people that say less are really the ones that are saying more, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. when they do talk, it's about something, you know, motherfuckers always running their motherfucking mouth, man. Shut the fuck up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it served on purpose, you know, and of course, you're one of them artists that does that, you know, and Last important, this is an important question, and this is definitely for the people and for the new age rappers. Do you 
think that there should be more harmony than controversy in the culture right now. Well, absolutely. I mean, come on, like you get into music to get out of trouble. Right. You know, conflict is very available on the block. It's all it's all that's there. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. You know, I was part of it, but you put a bunch of poor people together, it's gonna be crazy, it's gonna be chaos. Um People ask about gangs and all that stuff. It all comes from poverty. Mm-hmm. It all comes from a bunch of people. You don't see people leaving Harvard to rob liquor stores. Once you see hope, once you see a chance, all that shit goes out the window. It looks stupid. So a lot of people that got paper and, and they don't, they look at it like, why in the fuck are y'all doing this shit? It doesn't even make mm-hmm. sense. But you got to be in the mud. You got to be in the mud to be put into a position where this is an option. So I think that, you know, I, I fucks with the new rappers, but they just gotta let go of the bullshit. And they, you know, they, they on social media telling them on themselves, they're just killing each other. Like, you gotta think like back in our day, we lost Pac and Big and then it just was over. Nobody else started getting, it was over. We, we, we lost two kings from the east and the west coast and niggas got the message like nah this can't mm-hmm. happen regardless mm-hmm. of why it happened and how it happened it felt like hip-hop had it happen and we let it you know the press let it escalate they wanted to create an east coast west coast beef and look what it got us and we squashed that shit and and after that one niggas wasn't getting killed and now right, it's, right. now it's every day every day you know, yeah, every year, every day, every year. But one thing I want to say on the way out social media, we're on social media right now. Mm-hmm. Social media is dangerous because social media inflames any problem that you may have, it turns it into a bigger problem. So, right, this interview can be edited in a way. I know you never do it, but they can take your interview and edit me in a way that I seem like I said something I didn't say and tempt to start beef. You feel me? Right. And, yeah. and, and and then a million people got a problem. So when you have a beef, say for instance, I had a beef with your dad, me and Trady going back and forth. I ain't gotta mm-hmm. even worry about meeting him. I could meet his fans. I could meet somebody, a relative, anybody out in the street. Right. They could trust me, I could react. So beef at any level is dangerous. It's dangerous. Right. Now right. take social media. Me and such and such got a problem in person. It's only two of us that know it. But I go on the internet and I say it. Now a million people know it. And then the, I, the other person feels like they have to respond. They got to do it. If you're a girl and you're in school and one girl's talking shit about you, okay, that's it. But if she puts it on the internet, now you feel the whole school knows. And you girls right. are committing suicide. Yeah. They're committing suicide. So this thing we're on is dangerous because it takes small things and makes them big. Magnifies. It, makes, it magnifies it in a dangerous way. So mm-hmm. you've, got, you've got to be aware of that, man. You know, everything that's good has a bad side to it. And my daughter, you... My little baby daughter is growing up 
in a world where this is her new reality? And how is she going to deal with it if somebody goes after her on social media? I mean, can she handle it? So right. this is something we're concerned with. And in hip hop, it's got niggas killing each other. Right, right, right. That's why I asked that question because it's, it's becoming a common thing and people are so lost with the whole meaning of hip hop that they think that that's what hip hop is about no. murder, killing gangs. And it's like, no, music, hip hop is art. Hip hop is about expressing our reality. You can't expect somebody from poverty to talk about, you know, oh, I got a college scholarship and let's go to Harvard. And you know what I mean? It, it's not part of their reality. They, they don't know anything about scholarships. So I can't expect somebody who came from poverty and from the hood to be like, oh, yeah, you know, college is where it's at when they're not looking they're not, at college. They look across there the yet. They're not yeah. there yet. But if you think about the gangster rap that was born in South Central Los Angeles, moved to Long Beach, went all across the world. There was no violence in L.A. You know, none of us shot each other. It, but there was no social media. Right. You see what I'm saying? If How the fuck did all that shit, you got all of us in L.A., everybody's tripping, wild and blah, blah, blah. Nobody got shot. Right. Right. <laughs> this shit ignites beef. It ignites it. You know, it, it takes it to the next level. And it makes it like you got to do something. So, hey, love is love. Thank you very much. But, uh, you know, that's just a social media warning. Don't let that shit hype you up and send you out, you know, it's, it's, it, we got to do better. Right. I see. I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for doing this for me, doing this for the culture. And this is for the new, the new hip hop heads and everything. This is just all around just a hip hop moment. And I just want to say thank you. You know what I'm saying? This is also a big LA moment too. So you know what I'm saying? So yeah. So yeah, thank you so much. I'm very proud of you, you know, for doing this and having this platform because it is needed. There's so many negative platforms out there that just want to get people to say something to create beef and start some other stuff so they could get views. This is, I knew it was going to be a positive platform because I know your family, I know what, where, where it comes from. And at this point, I'm not really doing interviews. I'm not doing it because I'm not doing it to hype nobody's likes and all that old bullshit. Like I, I, I'm doing this because your family and hopefully you're helping to get the message out so we can make a turn in this and make, you know, hip hop what it's supposed to be, you know, powerful and meaningful and make changes in people's lives like it was able to change my life. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.